So while we were sitting down and eating lunch today, you said you have some fresh tomatoes at your house. I have homegrown tomatoes. This tastes vine ripened. Tastes delicious this time of year. Oh, they have a taste you cannot find anywhere else. All right, so I've asked you these questions before, but I'm going to ask you the question today. In in front of the whole world. Our social media question of the day uh, on Facebook and Instagram is, what is the one thing on your burger that you do not like? Like the topping that you never will put on a burger because you don't like it. Oh, that's very easy. Okay, what is it? Onions. No! I like them, but they don't like me. They linger. They linger. Yes. Yes. But I love tomatoes. I do too. I like onions too. I like uh, relish, not relish, uh, dill pickles. Oh, okay. So this won't surprise you. My one thing that I hate on burgers is pickles. Well, uh, hello, everybody. I uh, This is Father Herb, and the guy who always has the, the wrong opinion over there <laughs> is... is Michael Puppas. Well, did this just become a political podcast? <laughs> but we we have a lot. We work together well, but yeah. we have a, discovered many times over the years yeah. that we have different tastes. Different opinions on things that we like or dislike. For instance. For instance. Life cereal. We, we discovered one day we both like life cereal. And you like? The original. Regular, yeah. And I like the cinnamon. Do you remember when we when we came to that realization what the occasion was? Because I do. No. We were in the car with uh, a parishioner that drove us to Chicago because we were shopping for pianos for the Parish Life Center. And on the way back, we uh, were having this conversation about life cereal. That would have been the summer of 2008. My goodness. Okay. By the way, you don't know. You don't have to go to Chicago to get a piano. No, but we. It was. It was a fun road trip, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an excuse road trip. So, welcome to the Twenty Three Podcast. We are in the month of August. Good things are happening. Uh, hopefully, you've had some cookouts this summer, and you can put whatever toppings on burgers that you like. And uh, what are you working on this week, Father? What What's kind of your week looking like between masses? Between masses. Uh, I'm, I'm planning ahead a lot of RCIA interviews. You know, we posted that people could sign up and express interest in RCIA. Sure. So I've had a, a lot of those come in very quickly, which is fun. And I like to meet with each co- uh, person. Wonderful. Uh, let's see. Also, always uh, engage couples. Lots of weddings this fall. But actually, I'm spending a lot of time right now working with couples getting married in 2020. Sure. Because when they announce their engagement and they pick a date, I tried to meet with them early, and the reason for that is the engagement is a time of ser- serious preparation for marriage, not just a time to get ready for the wedding. Yeah. And fine, I'm, I'm happy with if, that they're able to plan the wedding, but it's about the marriage, and so the, I have found the earlier they work on really talking through the relationship questions, uh, the pre-marriage counseling. It, it's fun. Yeah. It gives me a chance to get to know the couples. Sure. I appreciate because I have a chance to sit down with each couple as well when it comes to planning the liturgy and picking music and stuff like that. And uh, I enjoy that too because it gives me a chance to know them, uh, to pray with them, and just to get to know their story a little bit. Uh, and it's, it's been a fun summer and, of weddings and, and so we far. Have a, we have such wonderful couples getting married here. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's part of the entrance interview. Are you a wonderful couple? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. We're going uh, already towards the middle of August. School is starting up soon for some districts and some schools. 
and uh, we're getting ready to hit the ground running on fall programming and all of that. Uh, just little things that are happening here at the parish. We're going to announce again this weekend that the third annual big party is coming up on Sunday, August 25th. You know, that's really around the corner. It is. That's why I wanted to, to bring it up. It's uh, a great evening. of uh, We've got food trucks out in the parking lot, inflatables, live music. And this year, for the first time, we don't have to add a Sunday evening mass for it because it already exists. Yes. Um, are we going to have the princesses back this year? Do you I, know? I am not at liberty to say, but because I'm not in charge of the big party, but I know that the powers that, that, that be. That your daughters are going to be happy. Well, I, th- there, I think there might be a change, but I think it'll still be fun. That's okay. all I can say. What we try to do is something different each year. Sure. And uh, there are tables set up. People often will come out after Mass, have something to eat, or if they've already eaten earlier in the day, they might have a dessert or ice cream or whatever. Sure. But it's a lot of fun. It really is. Yeah. So hopefully you can join us again this Sunday, it, August 25th, following the 5.30 p.m. Mass. And it is not a fundraiser, so it's not like come and spend all the money you earned all summer. No, this is just purely for the sake of community. Yeah. You, you buy you buy your food from the trucks, but otherwise there's no cost. Right. All right, so 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time this weekend is Would August you believe 11th. that 19th Sunday already? 19 has always been a special number to me. It's not my favorite number. Do you have a favorite number? I sure do. What's your favorite number? My favorite number is 12. Really? Yeah. What's the significance? Well, sig- scripturally, 12, 12 apostles, 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. But the real reason is because I'm the 12th child in my family. Oh, that's good. 12 to 13. My favorite number now is 23 for obvious reasons, because it's the name of our podcast. Because because 23 is almost two times 12. (laughs) (laughs) Missed it by that much. Uh, But 19 was a significant number of my childhood because I don't know, when you were in grade school, and I mean, I went to Catholic school my whole life. You were 19 when you got out of the eighth grade. No, 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 it was my number. You know, every student had a number. So, like, all my books were number 19. I, di- I didn't have a number. They didn't number you? No, I had a name. Well, I was just a number. I was treated with, as a person. Number, <laughs> number 19. Get up here, please. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right, so 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Uh, some interesting readings this weekend. Where are we going to start today? We're going to start with the gospel, and let me give a little background. It's Luke chapter 12. It is a long passage verses 32 to 48. We're not going to use the whole thing at Sunday Mass. Okay. Uh, There's the option for a shorter version. So the shorter one is verses 35 to 40. Okay. Now that almost seems too short. I'd like to have something in between. The the middle version. (laughs) Yeah. But we're going to, I'm going to read the short version. And this week I get to read it because I let you read it last week. I think I read the last three weeks. We take turns. Okay, go ahead. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Gird your loins and light your lamps, and be like servants who await your master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen, I say to you, he will gird himself, have the servants recline at table, and proceed to wait on them. And should he come in the second or third watch and find them prepared in this way, blessed are those servants. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. 
you, you also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Okay, now, there was a little left turn right there in the last two verses or so, you know, uh, when it talks about the, the master of the house. Mm-hmm. So let's set that aside temporarily, and let's talk about the other part. Do you believe this, that if a master came home and the servants were doing what the servants were supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. the master would be would say, wow, you guys are good. Why don't you sit down and I will wait table for you? I, I don't think that would be the case. No. There's a lot of hyperbole, and you know what hyperbole is. Exaggeration. Exactly. But it, to me, it's sort of like, the I call this passage the great reversal. Okay. It's the reverse of things. Jesus loved to turn things upside down. Sure. You know, the last shall be first, the first shall be last. You know, he he talks about that so often. Leaving 99 sheep to go find one. Yeah. And the great reversal here is to say that the master is so enthralled when people are doing what they're supposed to do. He's not just saying, well, good, I'll pay you because you did your job. He's, it's way more than that. It's like he's excited that they're, they're faithful. Mm-hmm. And I think the word faithful is uh, a significant part. He finds them vigilant, but he, um, I think the word faithful is used in the section that I did not read of this gospel, but it talks about you know, people being faithful. Um, but go back to the first line. Jesus said, gird your loins and light your lamps and be like servants. So obviously, he doesn't mean this to be taken literally, that it's just we're going to take, you know, take all of our servants out to, out to dinner tonight. But do you have servants? Well, I was just going to say, this is a hard one for me to relate to because I don't have servants. I, last time, well, other than me, you don't have a servant. Just you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not taking you out to dinner tonight. I don't expect it. Um so it's just it's a hard one to kind of wrap your head around versus I think probably for the people in the day, right? Jesus but, was using language. Okay, and, so come up with a contemporary. He says, "Be like servants." What would what would you say is today? Oh, that's putting me on the spot. I know that's why I did it. Yeah, because <laughs> I never put you on the spot. Never. What would be like today? Um, maybe you know not, we don't have like servants that are are actually enslaved for lack of a better term or you know you in, need inden- indentured yes to us but we do have a lot of people that maybe we hire to do things for us um and so it wouldn't it wouldn't be like for instance so we're having some work done at our house right now i don't think i would say to my contractor well you're doing such a great job putting that roof on why don't you sit down and let me finish putting it up cuz one i w- would have a leak in the roof immediately uh, and two, I'm paying him for his expertise to be able to do what he does so well. Is that, am I, am I grasping at straws here? I don't know. I, I think you are struggling with the, the incredible incredulity of what Jesus said. Because the crowd at that time probably said, that doesn't make sense. In fact, most, most of the servants would not want to sit at table. Okay. You know, I've been in people's homes already 
uh, where they want to serve me. And I said, no, only if you sit down at table with me. Oh, no, no, we don't want to do that. Sure. And it's usually maybe some of the elderly, maybe some of the ethnic people of other countries, some of the old Europeans or something, yeah. where they put the priest on the pedestal. And I would say, no, you have to sit down with me. And they, they find that so outrageous that they find it unacceptable. Meanwhile, you come over to my house and I say, what are you cooking for dinner? Uh, you're asking me what I cook for dinner? Yeah. Isn't that uh, why you came over? Well, I always come over and I tell you what I want. I want coffee. I was going to say, it's generally a cup of coffee, yeah. which I'm happy to oblige. But let's go back to this. It's, again, it's not, don't get caught up in the literal thing of the servants. It's rather the master finding us doing what we're supposed to do. And we're, what we're supposed to do is remain vigilant. We're supposed to be tuned in. Mm-hmm. aware that every minute counts. You know, we don't just get ready for the big the big thing. I guess I could say it would be sort of like, okay, the, pe- the people who are faithful in going to Sunday Mass, but during the week struggle to even keep a sense of their, their faith focus. Okay. You know, do they pray during the week? Do they pray every day? Do they talk about... Jesus. I mean, we do because we have to record a podcast. Yeah, it's our it's, <laughs> our, it's our job. Right. And by the way, it can be very hard for people who work for the church to be religious. Sure. Because it can become just a job. Right. But it's that idea of what does it mean to be faithful? It it's inside and out. It's like our spirit is connected to who we are as a servant of the Lord. Do you think the last line of this, where Jesus says, you also must be prepared, for in an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come, is alluding to the second coming? Or in some ways he's saying to them, I'm already here and you don't realize it. It's yes and yes. Uh, This is, okay, I had said, we'll take the last couple verses and set them aside. You just pulled them back in. Uh, Oh. That's all right. Well, somebody had to do it. We only have 23 minutes. So, uh, Matthew and Luke. This is the Gospel of Luke. Matthew yeah. and Luke. Both Gospels were written 80 to 90 years after the birth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So by that time, there had been a strong understanding that the Lord would return. You know, he had lived on earth. He had preached. He had healed. He had been crucified. He had risen from the dead. He ascended to the Father mm-hmm. to come again. Right. And the people were sort of longing for him. And it got farther and farther or further and further away mm-hmm. from uh, the reality. Because at first, especially in St. Paul's letters, it sounded like they thought he'd be back like next week. Like, oh, he's <laughs> just gone for a vacation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, Christians didn't know how to take it. And so both Matthew and Luke have gleaned these passages and put them in to their Gospels as reminders to people, don't lose hope. Yes, the Lord is with us, Yeah, but yes, he will come. So remain faithful. So that's why I said it's yes and yes. He, it's actually, they talk about the three senses of the three comings of Jesus. Sure. The we histo- talk about this during Advent usually. Yeah, the historical and the, the majestic at the end, but there's the, the one in between. And most of us are in between because he's coming to us in our own spirituality, our own awareness. And that actually is a pretty good segue into what we're talking about uh, in the second reading this week. 
The second reading is very powerful. Yes. This, this week, it, it jumps to Hebrews. We've been doing Colossians all summer, and now we're into Hebrews. Felt like and, a Colossian course. <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> that was a terrible joke. I apologize. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't get it. You okay. didn't? <laughs> but anyway, this, just this like, is more like a coffee house. Just like the God. Hebrews. Oh, Hebrews. Okay. Don't worry, kids. I'm here all week. Yeah, it's, that's where the person says, you know, uh, the Bible says that the man is supposed to make the coffee in the morning because it he, says Hebrews. Hebrews. He had a cure. There's also a long and short form for this one. Yeah, for what, the second reading. What are we doing? Probably the short. Okay, so let's jump there. May I read this one? Oh, I would love it if you would. Oh, I was hoping uh, because you'd say that. that that opening line is really one of the most beautiful, powerful passages. So read it well. I will no pressure. Just to let's let's go back for a second because as usual I derailed us a bit. I was saying that the segue of the whole idea of you know Jesus here and now in our hearts is a good segue to this reading. So keep that in mind as I read this from Hebrews chapter eleven. Brothers and sisters, faith is the realization of what is hoped for, and evidence of things not seen. Because of it, the ancients were were well attested. By faith, Abraham obeyed what when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. He went out, not knowing where he was to go. By faith, he sojourned in the promised land as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and maker is God. By faith, he received power to generate, even though he was past the normal age, and Sarah herself was sterile. For he thought that the one who had made the promise was trustworthy. So it was that there came forth from one man, himself as good as dead, descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sands on the seashore. So my point was, this whole idea of Jesus here and now in our hearts is realized through the eyes of faith. And for me, it leads to the, the, the big question, well, what really is faith? Right. And faith is so much more than a mental configuration. I think some people just say, of course I believe in God. Sure. You know, they, they've got this, you know, equation somehow put together in their brain. But according to this, faith is something you're willing to act on. You put yourself on the line. Can you imagine Moses, uh, not Moses, I'm sorry, Abram originally and then later on named to Abraham, yeah, he left it the land that he knew, mm-hmm. traveled to places unknown, mm-hmm. uh, told he'd be the father of a great nation. He had no children. Yeah, he was getting old, and he continued to travel, continued to trust. He was going into somebody else's foreign country, and kind of a nomad, but also certainly not terribly welcomed. And yet he thrived. I always think that I, we're such a feeling-driven society that if we can't feel it, it may not necessarily be real to us. Uh, and I think with faith, we have to realize that it's not always a feeling. It's not always a feeling. Many, uh, many times, it's the opposite of a feeling. It's almost what I would say. It's an act of the will, which means you you put yourself on the line. You You use your willpower to say, I will do this. It's it's not like it makes sense. It doesn't. Okay, but then what do you say? And this is not my my opinion, 
to people that say, well, you know, people that believe in God are just people that can't, you know, they're not smart enough to figure things out on their own. So they have to put blind belief in something that they can't see to try to explain things. Well, I guess I would have a lot of trouble with that because, first of all, I don't think it's blind belief, and I don't think that uh, that people of faith are unsmart. Well, I mean, take you for Exhibit A. Incredibly <laughs> intelligent. Uh, ex- exhibit <laughs> A, I am. Yeah. No. <laughs> but, uh, but the, you know, I don't know that people, when they say that, though, I don't know. I would have to ask, why are they saying it? Because I don't think they believe that. I think it's used it. Maybe they're trying to say something else. Uh, probably there are those people who just say, well, take it on faith. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying that live it on faith. Yeah. You, you, um, you don't always know the will of God. Yeah. But if you get an inkling of it, you want to follow it. It's like if you've ever driven through the fog and a little bit clears up, and you can see the end of the road, mm-hmm. and you think, oh, good, I'm still going the right direction. And, of course, you're still careful, and maybe the fog comes back, but you keep on going. Yeah, That's pretty much the way our life is. But you have to have some clarity here or there, and I think faith is what opens opens that possibility. Well, and it, I think it's beautifully defined so well at the beginning of this reading from Hebrews that faith is the realization of what is hoped for and evidence of things not seen. That's what I said. That's that's the your 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 line to meditate on today. Realization of what is hoped for. So what do we hope for? We hope for a future. We hope for a a great life. We hope for unity with God. We hope for happiness in the profound sense, mm-hmm. both in this life and the next. Mm-hmm. And then you say, and evidence of things not seen. You know that's that's almost contradictory. How can you have evidence when it's not seen? Yeah, yeah. That's one of those lines you have to read a couple times just to to digest it. You know what I hope for, though? For evidence. No, that people (laughs) stop putting pickles on burgers. That would be my my number one complaint. I have three words for you, my friend. Get Get over over it. it. Have a great week, everyone. We hope that you're having a blessed week. We'll see you this weekend for the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Take care. God bless.